Welcome to Some Would Say. Casual chats for curious people. Your weekly podcast hosted by us, Amelia Rose and Lara May, unpacking all things life from the arts to well-being, from work to play and hearing what others have to say. Today's guest is the director and founder of Happy Skin Co., which is a multi-million dollar company that offers at-home laser hair removal solutions. We'll be chatting to Dylan Mullen about how he nearly became a lawyer, then an actor, and eventually an e-commerce whiz running Happy Skin Co. In this episode, we cover the challenges of starting a business, self-development and mindset, and end with a cheeky game of Would You Rather. Dylan, welcome to the show. What a tune, hey? What a little deal. You won't Stop. Yeah, stop it. But keep going. <laughs> Let's just listen to the music for the next hour and let everyone watch. That just sounds like a bit of fun. <laughs> Still obsessed. We, uh, Amelia and I are just sitting here sipping a mug because uh, it's my birthday tomorrow, so we're heading out after this. Yes, we are. Poor Dylan stuck in lockdown. Dylan's got a coffee in celebration of Lara's birthday. And I'm in lockdown. So definitely two, two to you girls, none to you. <laughs> <laughs> we win. So Dylan, we always start our episodes with the same question for all our guests. So we'll just get on going. If we were to take you on a night out, what is your DJ song request and why? And what would we order you to drink? Um, yeah, look, I don't have a go-to song, that's for sure. Like uh, it really depends on the vibe, who I'm with, what I'm doing. There's a few options, like honestly, and it's not really my main type of music, but at the moment, like for me, like you can never go go wrong with Ed Sheeran, but that's just like 24-7. But now I'm really into, because I'm obviously in lockdown, um, I've been doing a lot of running. I haven't really been partying. I've been really into like um, like Skepta and Stormzy, like some like pretty um, oh, cool okay. stuff Hell yes. in the UK. So probably that and uh, probably if we're out, a cocktail, probably – an espresso or a mug, I'd say. Nice. My drink of choice. Love that. Love it. You can you. sit with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are these margaritas you're drinking? You're welcome to the party. Yes. Yep. They absolutely yeah. are. They're Mr. Consistent margaritas. Uh, if Mr. Consistent's listening, a sponsorship would be nice, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia made them for us and I was like, just go easy on the salt, please. So I've got like a. That's that's a, like, I can see it from here. That's legit level of salt. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a good amount. Thank she you. knows me well. Very proud of my marks. <laughs> now, Dylan, for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing, who Dylan Mullen is? Um, yeah, where did it all begin? Um, yeah, so um, I obviously I'm Dylan Mullen. The reason you're talking to me is probably because most people know me from watching the Business Happy Skin Co., which I'm, I'm, I'm sure we get into. But I, uh, I never thought I wanted to be a business person, an entrepreneur, like, Growing up, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. That was always the dream. I wanted to, you know, put on a suit every day and go work in the city and argue with people in a courtroom. I thought that was going to be cool. For whatever stupid reason, teenage boys think that would be cool. But um, no, I grew up with my mum and my grandparents. I lived with my mum and my grandparents till I was six. So I had honestly the best childhood ever. I've always said, regardless of what I go on to achieve in my life and all the cool things that I get to do and experience, 
it's going to be hard for any any amount of t- like any years I live in my life to 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 come close to how special those first six years were. Uh, my granddad was my absolute best friend. Obviously, I'm still so tight with my mum and my nan, but it was just such a special time. And I think a big part of the core of who I am now is I've got a, I've always had, and it's continued to develop a lot of self belief and a lot of purpose and a lot of like self love and respect for myself. And I think a lot of that goes down to how much love I received and support and encouragement that I got when I was in, when I was a child, obviously I didn't, I, I moved out of my, of my grandparents' house when I was six, but I was still surrounded in that positive environment. So I was surrounded by so much love and family support, which I think I never thought of it. You never do until you get a little bit older in life and you start reflecting and trying to break down why I am who I am and what's contributed to, to the natural talents I, I have. And I think that was a big one. So from there, um, I was, all, I was actually, pretty smart in school without put, putting in too much effort. So that's why I thought like I was really good at studying. I don't think I was super smart as in like I wasn't that great at <laughs> – I wasn't that great. I was shit at math, so I was shit at science. <laughs> um, but I was really, like I, I really didn't know how to take in information. I knew how to study, knew how to memorize things and then write and communicate. So I was good at like business and legal and English and that sort of thing. So I'm like what's a, what's a career path that I don't have to do any maths and it was law. So did that – Studied reasonably hard, got into a, a law degree, um, accepted early entry. So I was stoked. Didn't really have too much pressure on me for my HSC. Um, they pretty much said as long as you don't completely stuff up your HSC, like you've got your spot, it's all good. So I did that, went down. I was actually going down. I don't know if you girls know Wollongong. In New yeah, South my mum lives there. Yeah, I went down to Wollongong Uni because and this is the thought process that went in my head in those days. Like my year advisor in school is like, oh, no, Wollongong's like, the most fun uni for like partying and going out. Like, I have oh, heard that oh, actually. Yeah, for sure, I'll go there. But I was still living in Sydney, so it wasn't really fun. Like everyone else would be living on campus. They'd go, we'd finish uni and they'd go out for drinks and I'd have to like drive an hour back to Sydney. So it was never fun. And then like <laughs> legit, how long did it take me? Three weeks. And I was like, I don't think I like this. Um, At least it, it so didn't boring. take you halfway through your degree. Yeah, like <laughs> no, me. I, I, I did the first assessments and I was and like, because I my classic move was start the assignment or the assessment the night before it was it was due. Classic. Like in high school, you go home, you start at four p.m., uh, you finish at like what eleven o'clock, whatever. It was a I crammed. In in if you're doing a law degree, you get home, you start at four p.m., you work all the way and you finish at eight a.m. <laughs> and then you go to you drive down to uni, try not to fall asleep, hand it in. It just wasn't a vibe. And then we got up to like the exams, and I really had to think about do I want to put myself through this. I was so unhappy. I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm, I'm out. Dropped out. I was because it was a double degree of war and commerce. So I was meant to go back the next year, and um, and just do the commerce side of the degree, the business side of the degree. But I was so off uni at that point. I was like, okay, what's something that's completely different? Um, what's something that doesn't matter about what sort of money I can earn or what's a respectable career? What am I going to enjoy doing? Um, so I just thought screw this, I'm going to do uh, acting. I never did drama in school. Um, I was never, never really into the performing arts or anything like that, but I just did a random course just to see, like, let me have some fun, and I really enjoyed that. So the, the next year, instead of going back to uni, I auditioned for a full-time acting uh, college studio, wow. um, and I got accepted to that. And in the next, like, three, four years of my life, I was acting, got an agent, did all that stuff, studied, learned, you know. So I went completely 180. <laughs> that is from- as you do. Yeah. <laughs> Lawyer to actor. Super <laughs> contrasting. That's yeah, so cool. Well, though. I love that you just went, you know, why not? Yeah. Just give it a go. You'll only know well, if you try. 
Well, that's the thing. Everyone says like, oh, and they say the same thing about the business. Like, oh, wasn't it such a big risk? Like, what was I risking? I was so unhappy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, why? I, I'm just, I've always had that in me. It's, it's definitely, I think it's a strength at certain times. It's, it's, it's been a negative depending on the situation, but I just, I don't have that thing in me that just accepts the normal path that we're told to go down or just accept, hey, that's the answer. Mm. Um, that's what we should do. In school, I was never a bad kid. But if a teacher was trying to make a point or was telling us to do something that I didn't agree with because I knew there was a better way or I thought it was silly, I just, I've never had that ability to just suck it up and just, oh, that's how it is. You've got to be unhappy. You've got to do that. So I just don't have it in me. So I'll just always, wherever I get to in life, if I woke up tomorrow and I hated, hated, hated doing this business, I'd be out. I'd figure out a way to get out. I'd obviously make sure it's a real thing, but I'm just... I think life's too short. I really, really, really understand. I really believe we get one life. Yep. So like enjoy every day as much as you can. Like that's, that's my whole thing. So yes, yeah. no, yeah. 100%. And so you got to acting and then what happened after your career from there? Uh, um, well, see, acting was fun. I still got a lot of good friends there. I think at one point, I'll go and I'll do some stuff because it's still a lot of fun. Like I still really enjoy it, but it got to the point, like there was a couple of things like, some quite some really exciting roles and you get down right to the end and you meet the big director and like you're if, if you get the role you're flying over to like film in the jungle in Thailand for two months and like you're meeting like some of the other cast and then you don't get the role not be, like not because you weren't the best actor because you didn't have the right hair color or the dad's mm. eyes were this color and there was just a lot of things that's the game that's the yeah. game I think everyone knows that but it's like I wanted to take more control yeah. over over the I didn't always want to be in the position of asking, hey, can I have a job? Can I have a job? Yes. I would much prefer to to take to take that power to myself. And now if I go into acting in the future, it's gonna be a completely different game because now I have a lot of the power I bring uh, yeah. I bring that. So that was the main that was the main reason to shift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's so true within the creative industry, isn't it? It's so People often say like, oh, they're so talented, but really it often it, comes down to like how you look, yeah, and it, how old you are even. Like I, Lara and I talk about this a lot, the ageist pressures, especially for musicians. Yeah, mm. and there's only so much, that there's only so far talent will get you because yep. there's so much of it is um, timing, luck, what whoever is auditioning, you know, whoever's on the panel, the way they're feeling that day, maybe they had a fight yeah. with their partner before they rocked up. You know, there's so many things that come into it. Um, so it's, it's a tough gig, yeah. like pardon the pun, but it, like literally. Yeah, totally. And so, sure. so we've spoken about the acting, we've spoken about how you nearly became a lawyer, but your first business, Happy Skin Coat, how did this come to be? Um, yeah, so funnily enough, um, I started Happy Skin Coat with a mate of mine who we were both, um, it was while I was doing acting, um, we were both working at the same gym. He, he had just started, I was working there for a little while and we were working together for probably uh, a, a month or something before we figured out he was actually going to the same acting studio in the city, just completely randomly. Oh my God. Know, but because he started like a year after me, he was like in the different the different classes. So I never I never really saw him. And he was the same, um, really smart guy, hardworking, ambitious. And we both just started talking as we were working at the gym saying, look, we should start our own business. Um, this is something that like we're seeing more and more startups, particularly through e-commerce, be successful with, with not a whole lot of, you know, upfront capital you need to save up. So mm-hmm. I spent a couple of months talking about it. Then my mate, um, 
he went on a, he went to Europe as everyone does in the winter. And it's like when we get when I get back from Europe, let's schedule like two or three days a week every week and make sure we just sit down and we work on it. And we did that. And he got back. We sat down. We knew we wanted to be in beauty, um, not because any of us uh, had any experience with beauty or even lesser for laser hair removal, but we just knew with the way e-commerce was going, social media marketing, influencer marketing, content marketing, that was the space that, you know, you could have a lot of cut through. Mm. And then from the beauty space, we just looked into, a, spent a couple of months looking into products um, until we came across the way that we actually came and got the idea for Happy Skin Co. wasn't, we didn't think straight away like an at-home, uh, like laser hair removal handset essentially. We saw a, um, an ad for this, it was like a $15, like a little electric shaver and it had a light on it. So ah. like, that's interesting. I wonder if you can, I wonder if, you, if there's anything that you can do like laser at home. Obviously, like if you look at teeth whitening, that whole thing boomed, mm. Bondi Sands, fake tan, now you do it at home. And we just thought, for we couldn't find anyone who was making anything similar for ages. So we were contacting product design engineers, looking at different ways we could do it. Like, are we burning off people's hairs? Like, <laughs> we went down a, a rabbit hole and, and we almost lost hope and, until we found a manufacturer who, who was making something uh, similar, not exactly what we launched with, but it had only launched within six to 12 months prior to us finding out about it. So it was a very new technology. There was barely anything, anything like this on the market. A lot of people think we invented um, at home, it's actually IPO hair removal, like that technology at home, it actually got invented a little bit before us. We were just the first company that made it famous. Yeah, wow. you guys so, definitely were one of the first to market, that's for sure. I, we were first in Australia by a mile. Yeah, so, like wow. there were, So like Braun and Phillips, they, I'm not sure if they were in the shelves in Australia. I know they had, they had uh, IPL handset as one of the you know hundred electronic products, but I didn't know that nobody knew about it because mm. no like, there was no brands built around it. Um, no one was advertising it. There was no one on social media. So that's why when we launched it, we thought it was going to take many many months to to start to build. Um, we thought, look, it's something completely new. People are going to be concerned uh, or like just not concerned. They're going to have questions. Mm. You know, laser hair removal is so common in Australia. The people are going to be loyal to their clinics, but literally from like. Well, the, we sold out a whole first batch in the first week, so wow, that didn't take long. So well, that kind of leads me on to the next question: How did you get your first sale? Like, what was the process there? I still know her name. Her name's Jenny Hayes. Really? <laughs> Shout out to Jenny Hayes. Shout out to Shout Jen out Dog. Jenny Hayes. Yeah, I wonder if she's listening. That'd be so funny. That would be epic. Um, so first day, um, I think we were spending would be no more than one or two hundred dollars a day on, on ads on Facebook. Um, first day I'm getting in bed, it's eleven thirty, just about to go to sleep. I get a phone call uh, from a mate. I answer him like, hey, hey, what's going on, man? He's like, bro, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, we just got our first sale. I was like, no way. So I jump up, so excited, we're like, see, like this proves this proves the concept that people want to buy this. There's gonna be a demand. We're so excited. And he's like, dude, come over. I'm like, yes, yeah, sweet. Jump in my car. I drive over to his place, like five minute drive crack a bottle of champagne, we're high-fiving, we're like, <laughs> he has a park across the road from his house that we'd always go to uh, and we just like, that was when I was really starting to consciously get into visualisation. I was a little bit before that but we used to go out there and talk about all these moments and goals and, and milestones we'd achieve in the future and we just, and we, we spoke about all these things we're going to achieve and then we go to bed, go home, go to bed, buzzing of course, second day, no sales, Tuesday, no sales. 
like that's all good. We knew this was going to take time. It's got to build. That's fine. Wednesday night comes. Um, it's about about seven o'clock. I'm just about to jump in my car to go to training. I do martial arts three nights a week. Um, I get a call from him again. I like, yeah, what's up? He's like, dude, we just got our second sale. I was like, oh yes, this is amazing. How cool. Um, we're chatting, chatting, chatting. The, you know, the Shopify, if you're on Shopify, you can have Ding. the cha-ching sound go, yeah. <laughs> go on on your phone if you get it. The, the sound goes off again. I was like, what? Dude, that's two sales in the last like five minutes. We're chatting, chatting, chatting. We're just high-fiving each other essentially. And it goes off one more time. I'm like, dude, that's three sales in 10 minutes. Oh. Screw training. I'm not going to training. I'm fucking jumping in my car. I'm, jump, I'm coming over. We're going to work. We're going to celebrate. Um, and so what happened is we had our first influencer post. Um, and our first influencer was a guy who was on, um, if we're shouting everyone out, his name was Davey Lloyd. Oh, he yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. From yeah. The Bachelor. Uh, he was on The Bachelor. I was about to ask, who's Davey Lloyd? <laughs> oh, as if you don't <laughs> Do know. You know nah. No. <laughs> was, from, from The Bachelor, uh, we didn't know. Like, so we, we, we ordered 110 units. Uh, 10 of them was to send to influencers. 100 was to sell. We just found random 10 people. I remember... Um, we came across his profile. We didn't even know. We didn't have anything about the bachelor on there. We saw, oh, here's this guy who has like 20,000 followers. Let's message him, see if he'll, you know, try the product, post it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, all good, all sweet. We had a delay uh, launch a couple of times. So maybe it pushed out an extra three or four weeks, which gave him time to be on the show for like an extra few weeks. And by the time we launched, instead of having 20,000 followers, he had 50,000 followers. Oh, wow. But to his credit, he was still a legend and he's still like, oh, like I, I agreed to post it to you for free. And we've hung out with him a few times since. Like we, we did like a sponsored a party with the whole Bachelor crew and for charity. So we met everyone we worked with. We ended up working with the whole cast. Um, the reason being, so he posted, right? Our whole initial investment for the business was $20,000, $10,000 each report. Uh, Davey posted, let's say 7, 7.30, somewhere in there. Between seven and, and midnight or seven thirty PM at midnight, we made about seven and a half grand. Wow. <laughs> what fuck? a mind uh, fuck. <laughs> and think about it. I was probably earning like not much more than a grand a week. Like we both probably weren't earning much more than a grand a week. And then we just laid over seven and a half grand. That's wild. In, in, in a few hours. So uh, I'm obviously sure like, at that moment you were like I think this is going to work. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> one influencer doesn't prove, but it was like, it was a really good sign. So then I got on, I damned everyone. I emailed everyone from the show. We probably worked with about 70% of the cast, send them all stuff. They were saying, yeah, a couple hundred bucks for product, whatever. We're just like, try it. Let us know if you like it. You like it. Let's post like two times. Like, like let's, let's go for it. Yeah. They all did it. We ended up selling out of that hundred units in the first week. Wow. And um, we probably talk about how long, like four or five months until we actually had stock ahead because we were selling and we were out of stock. We are selling pre-sale and then we're sending like little thank you for waiting and sorry cards, little lollipops to the customers um, and they would just kept buying and buying and buying but we didn't have that much money so we'd take all the money from 100, we bought 200 and we sold the 200, we bought 500. Then we bought like we just had to keep going and we didn't catch up. We didn't have stock in our warehouse until – probably four months in what we were doing and we'd get all the stock in and then like we'd have to dispatch like a thousand orders at once. So it was just Shit. my mate's whole living room. <laughs> One side was um, boxes and then we'd put them in the things, wrap them up, put them in that side, put them in the things, labels, wrap them up, <laughs> put them on the other side. God. And we were working our normal job for the first two weeks. So uh, my, my workplace actually tried to pull me into a meeting and they were like, oh, you know, like in your contract, you're not allowed to 
um, you know, allowed to have a directorship in any other business. And this goes back to me not just taking shit. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You knew the whole time I was building this business that I was doing it. You were very encouraging of me of doing it. And now the day I launched, what you expected I wasn't going to launch, now it's a problem. So I just didn't let them put that shit on me. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I said to them, no, nah, look, don't worry. When I'm here, I'm here. Um, I'll focus on this. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, I, quit like, I quit like, I told them like a week later I need to quit. And then I worked out my two weeks and then I was out of there. So Wow. Um, yeah. That's wild. Love that. Um, so since your launch, Dylan, in 2018, mm. Happy Skin Co. has turned over 20 million in revenue. That is wild. That's insane. Yeah. I'll probably like well over 30 million now. Oh, wow. Okay. Shit. Okay. Well, our Google our stats, stats were off. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, firstly, congrats. That's massive. That is- well, thanks. I actually stopped. We stopped. We still do a little bit of, of, of PR around numbers, but I don't share that as much as we used to. We're established. People know who we are. They know we're reputable. But like yeah. every time I do an article like that, there'd be another 20 IPO competitors in the next, you know, a couple of months. I'm like, I'm just going to going to focus on me yeah, yeah true so what have been some i mean apart from you know influencers sharing um what have been some pivotal points you believe has led to this impressive growth um there was a there was a lot of things i think the first thing you can't you can't deny that uh, it wasn't luck uh, there was a lot of hard work involved and a lot of things that we changed and tried to, to make sure it was successful yeah. but a lot of it was right product right time i think we nailed it we couldn't have done much better than that i think product mm-hmm. and market fit is a is a massive is a massive thing to consider when you're launching a product to the market. Um, so there was that was the first thing. I think our attitude towards scaling marketing spend was because we were so we launched in April, up until November, late November that year, we were getting most of our sale from influencers. And as you know, influencers are much harder to to scale than ad like spending ads on Facebook are because you got to find them, DM them, send them out, get them to try it. And like you can do that with a lot of people, and we were. But then they're not as reliable on posting on time, as you know. Some of them, like it was just, it was yeah. really good to, to work with some big ones to spike your sales and grow your brand awareness. But it was Black Friday that first year that we really learned how to scale ad spend. I think that was a big one, not not being trapped in the old school mindset. And I've, I've worked with some agencies since and it does my head in so much. They're like, okay, what's our budgets for each channel for this month? We need to know what are we going to do? For the next six weeks up front, we need a week's notice to, to change anything because we've got a booking resource. I'm like, no, dude, that's not how you s- to scale a business in e-commerce. If we have, I might wake up tomorrow and we have a couple of campaigns that are killing it. I want to be able to double or triple my spend now. So mm-hmm. just our attitude towards growing, taking risks, trying things, investing in opportunity uh, was some big ones as well. And I think probably the biggest in terms of like product innovation that we did was um, starting, we, we, we worked with a, uh, a design team in Italy and we designed our, our, our Generation 2 handset, our Gen 2. And from the moment we launched that, we, we, we stepped up like a completely other level c- compared to no, none of our competitors were anything near that level of design um, on, on our product. So that really, that really took us a step forward and then just continually... Once we got used to not focusing on what other people were doing and owning what we're doing, um, we launched another handset at the end of last year that has we're the first people to come out with like an ice cooling function. So now if you've had laser in a clinic and now they couldn't put the cold air, mm. it's, it feels very similar to that. Product innovation, sticking to ourselves, knowing who we are um, and our attitude towards scaling, I think some of the, some of the biggest things that allowed us to grow so quickly. 
That's so cool because um, I feel like you definitely need to do your market research to to get where you are, like to an extent. But um, I love what you said about forgetting everyone eventually and just yeah. focusing on you because it's so easy to keep tabs on everyone like you know compare yourself like it's a normal human behavior but the second that you just hone in like once you know enough information like that will help you progress yeah okay now that I've got those stats let's just do me like that's so I love that you said that and even for a team perspective like I know I've worked in businesses in the past and if you're constantly talking about your competitors and what they're doing what this is doing like da 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 your team is just so uninspired like Mm -hmm. Let's talk about our business, not fucking old mate down the road. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's no, yeah, there's no inspiration um, that comes from that, I think, anyway. For us, for us, yeah, 100%. For us, it was even worse because all our competitors were copying us and then we'd, we'd just get stuck in the loop of like we had people legit ripping off our, like our content. We had cases, settlements. Like we had a lot of people going really hard at, trying to replicate us or legit, legit people stealing our IP. Um, wow. So we had a lot of that shit going on and we let it take up too much of our time and our energy mm-hmm. rather than just like do your takedowns, get your trademarks, do all that stuff, but focus on what we need to focus on rather than spending 50% of your day chasing these people that are trying to rip you off because they're always going to be behind you anyway. And you know what? They, they don't last. So, But I, I chatted, I, I saw them at, at an event the high smile guys. And they said, this was probably about a year, year and a half into our, in, into our business. And I had a chat to them and they said the same things like, yeah, we, we made the same mistake, but you can't. And obviously they're so much further ahead of so who? where we were. Which then. guys? And I missed the, what? The high smile. Oh, right. The high smile Teeth boys, like Nick yep. and Alex, they said the same thing. They were the first to market with the product. They had a lot of success. The copycat brands come and you just can't, you can't let them take up too much of your mind space. Cause it's first of all, it's not enjoyable but it's not good for the business either. Yeah, 100%. Um, speaking of like zones of genius, we know the feels of having a startup and your attention is like everywhere, but now you guys are a little bit more established. Do you have a particular field that you work in directly? For me, um, I, I like I like your question about this. It's not something I've consciously thought about too much in, in this terminology, but for me what I'm doing uh, – what I like to spend my time on, I think on what I'm best at. So there's, there's two types of like, there's obviously fucking way more, but there's like two types of like business leaders. There's like, you really good CEOs operators that are like, they operate your business day to day really well, better than anyone else can. And there's the more entrepreneurial um, type of, of leaders that like to start businesses, work on new projects, create things, build things, be a part of that, but aren't necessarily the best or don't necessarily enjoy operating your day-to-day business, fine-tuning the small things. And I'm definitely the second, second type, so I love spending my time working on, on new initiatives, whether it be uh, and new channels that we're going to launch on, new products we're going to bring to market, what, what we can do because I'm just like I've got that like that uh, like I can't, I can't sit still. Like I always say if like I'm, I don't think I am, I know some people think I'm. You know like autism is a spectrum, right? Yeah. ADD was a spectrum. I'm not aided, but I'm definitely on that spectrum. <laughs> I need to always have new challenges and be doing different, new, fun and exciting things or I'll, yeah. I'll get bored, I'll go crazy. So I like to be working on, 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 on something new as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I can I think everyone's. I think everyone's on the spectrum just quietly and just depends <laughs> yeah. where you fall. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
What have been your biggest pinch me moments in terms of, you know, business and starting all this? Um, I think I think most of them, to be honest, were in the first year, because um, very quickly, it, everything becomes normal. Everything like you take it like everything feels like I, I feel like the first one was like getting our first million was massive. Um, we both bought like really cool cars, which is which is fun. Getting our first office and warehouse, I think, was a massive one for us. Being able to go from my mate's living room into our own space um, was incredible. That's when it started to feel really real. And you're like, holy shit, no, this is a real business. I've got to pay rent now. Mm. Um, we have to make sure we hit our sales or we're, you know, we're liable for this. Um, that was really big. I think the first time I, um, I spoke at an event was, was kind of a pinch me moment as well. That probably became a little bit later because like, fuck, like this is something I've always knew I was going to do, but I didn't necessarily know how I was going to get to that position. It's and funny how, it's, sorry, yeah. I was going to say, it's funny how like your acting has come back around. Not that you would have been yeah. acting, but like it would have given you that presence on stage mm. that, you know, even now, like you're so good at communicating what you want to say and like almost like putting on a show in a way. Like, I don't know, I find you're, you're really easy to listen to. And I think it's funny that that would come back around to serve you now. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Um, it's something I really enjoy doing. And speaking about my genius, this is stuff I really, I really do love doing. I love talking, I love communicating. When I go on stage or I do a podcast, it's kind of fusing my, two, my, my three passions, business, personal development, and, and performance and acting because essentially it is mm, you put yeah. on a show and, and there's and there's an energy that you get um, if you're if you're a performer and entertainer there's an energy you get by being in front of a, a room right you can't deny that it, it's it's real it's palpable yeah. so I get to do all those things and it's so much fun and then another thing as well what I realized I think it was the second event I did I was on stage and I'd done like one or two podcasts and I did like one podcast beforehand and I did like one event and then this was like one of the first things I did and I was explaining the story. I think someone asked about the early days like you, you guys did and um, we, I was talking about the part where we're high-fiving and drinking champagne and this was like a, this was early in the morning in the city. This was like an older crowd. This was like I'd say average age, late 30s, early 40s, whereas e-com, most of the people that listen are generally in their 20s. Mm. And it was, everyone's wearing suits and stuff and, then I, and I'm explaining a story and I go and I stand in front of this, this crowd of business people. I'm like, oh, dude, I said, oh, dude, that's hectic. And I realized I, I said hectic in front of all these like people in suits. And for a second in my brain, I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> and then, but everyone then, like, they laughed, they loved it. And I realized, like, this is why, like, it, it links back into acting so much. Like, people don't want to see you putting on a, a show of what an entrepreneur should be. Like, they want to see you yeah. be authentic to who you are, your personality, your strengths. Me coming on here and talking how I talk to my friends, to my mates, telling the story from my point of view, how I experienced it, is so much more engaging. People want to hear that experience, not me trying to like, putting on a suit and acting like everything was like just boring and bland. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think being yourself is is so much a superpower, especially if you're in the in the business of communication and and and, and attention. Like be yourself. People don't want to see fake bullshit everyone can see through that right or if they don't see through it they're just like man i don't care it's boring so totally yeah 100 percent. and so from your highs what was your biggest mistake in business Uh, if you have any look there's there's no real like biggest mistakes there's there's really not um because it's all a journey right the mistakes we've made have have led me to to discover new things or learn different things i think some of the things that i regret the most was 
because at the start, right, we were small. A lot of it came from it. And, and Lara, you kind of made this point a little bit earlier, and I really strongly agree with it. Like, a lot of the decisions we made, we'd get the base level of um, market research, for example, the base level of looking into it. And then once you get enough information, you trust your gut and you just commit to it, right? Yeah. And that's what got us so far. And then as we started to get bigger and we started to get more successful, we started to work with some big partners and I was starting to work with people that are 10, 15 years more experienced than me. And then all these people get in the room and then instead of you making the decision, there's like a boardroom of all these people telling you all these things and why you should consider this and why you should do that. Mm. And it takes you so much longer to make a decision. You're forced into doing things that you don't really believe in because these people who you pay a lot of money say it's the way to go. Um, and I lost a little bit of enjoyment now. I lost I put trust in places where my gut was saying not to, mm. but me not wanting to be egotistical and and follow the people that have been there before kind of led me to, to make some decisions that I wasn't really happy with and probably didn't serve the business. So I think moving away from my intuition uh, was probably the biggest one because if, if now, like if I, if, I, if I make a mistake, if I make a decision based on what I truly believe in my gut and it goes wrong, that's fine. That's a lesson. Yeah. Like I'm not scared to be wrong, but if I do something against my intuition and that ends up being wrong, that's so much harder for me to take. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You can apply yeah. that theory to so many things too in life. Like it's not just business. Like if you get too many opinions in your head from friends oh. or family, it's the worst thing you can do. I think it's really good to be able to get um, a couple of people you really trust their, their thoughts on something. I think that hundred percent. But um, the second that you ask too many people, it just gets diluted and flooded and you no longer know your own intuition anymore. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's Especially so important. Anything creative. Yes. yes. It's so subjective. Oh my God. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. You know what I mean? Sure. So I don't even, I, sometimes I need to ask people because I'm not sure about something. And then you ask a couple of people and it gives you so, so many more questions than it does answers. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Speaking of intuition, um, you chat a lot on your socials about mindset. Was self-development something you were always into or did this come with the growth of your business? Um, it definitely wasn't something I was always into. Um, it probably coincided with not so much the business. I think the business um, really accelerated the process of me developing and learning, particularly like getting completely thrown into the deep end with a lot of the things it's like you have to grow up really quickly. I was 24 when, when we twenty-four. Huh, wow. 24 when so we started young. this business. And then I'm like employing people like 10, 15 years older than me. Like it it made me grow up a lot and mature a lot in, in ways that I don't think I would have got to without the business. But I think at the same time, me deciding to take my own path um, and I, I saw what hard work and self-belief could do. Yep. And once I got that the first taste of that after three, six months into the business, I was just like, let me... I've, I've had all these thoughts about the law of attraction, um, manifestation, um, and, and, and kind of the idea that, no, you can make your dreams come true. And then once it literally started to happen to me, I'm like, that's it. It's not a question anymore. I know that this is a fact. Um, if you work hard, if you're committed to your purpose and you can visualize yourself every step of the way, there's no stopping you. It's just a matter of time. It worked for me. It's in so many different areas of my life. So kind of happened around the same time as, it's just I'm obsessed with growth and progress and I think I reflected and you got to, it comes down to you've got to be really honest with yourself. What is your like main goals for life? And the biggest one for me, if I think about me 34, like 20 years in the future, 10 years in the future, whatever it may be, the things that I'm visualizing that mean the most to me is what sort of person am I? 
You know what I mean? What sort of person am I? What what sort of life is, have I lived? Like my whole goal is just to live the, the, the best life I can. And that's to experience as many things as I can. And to do that, I need to go on this journey of like self-discovery and self-growth. And obviously business will be part of that and making money that gives me the freedom to do all these things. But um, it's just like once you get on that like self-development or personal development train and like you start to get a little bit of the taste of the benefits like Mm. I don't know how everyone does it it's hard to stop that's for sure yeah um I'm actually reading a book called the seat of the soul at the moment I don't know if you've read it but it's very woo woo like it speaks more about your soul and kind of like your karmic journey and all that sort of stuff but it it it's all intertwined it basically says Mm. like your intuitions and those feelings like that that's from your soul speaking to your like human body now. Um, so yeah, I think if you, if you're into intuition and all of that sort of thing, definitely read that book. Cause it's, it's really good. What's it called again? The seat of the, the soul. The seat of the soul. I like that. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really good. Um, Dylan, well, do you have any, do you have any books or podcasts that helped you along the way that you can recommend to our listeners? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and the first one, it's so cheesy. Everyone knows it, but for me, it, it completely changed my life. I already, I realized I was already doing it. And again, it's so cheesy, the secret. I know you've, you've definitely heard of it. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. But there's a reason why it's popular. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why it's like, some people don't like it. Um, I think it's got a good message behind it, but it also misses the action point of like the law of manifesting. To, to me though, to me though, that's so um, self goes without saying. Yeah, totally. Like, if you think I can just sit here because my husband's going to do all this, like you're, you're an idiot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I should do a little bit to, to um, give examples and clarify. Picturing that. a Maserati pulling up in my driveway, <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think why it was so um, it was it meant so much to me. It was somebody else in an authority in that space explaining it to me in a way that I could understand thoughts and feelings I kind of already had, but I didn't fully understand in a way to put into words. I've always been a massive daydreamer my whole life. And what I would daydream about was always my goals, like me achieving certain goals or me being like living out certain moments in my life. And I've had a really good life. I've had to achieve, like I've done, I've, you know, honestly, I've I've had a really good life and, and I put a lot of that down to, that process of, 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 of thinking about my goals and, and, and manifesting and creating not only my life in these moments, but myself, putting myself in a purpose to be that type of person that can achieve these things. So that one, um, and then more recently as well, maybe like a year or two ago, it's a really simple book to understand, really simple concept, but I really, really like it. It's not so much about money. It's more about happiness and fulfillment. Have you heard of Ikigai? Ikigai? No, no I don't think I, so. I think it stands, it's like uh, the Japanese guide to a life of fulfillment. Essentially, it's like, it's about finding your purpose. Um, it's like combining, it's similar to like, you know, how you got like those circles. It's like what you enjoy doing, what the world needs, mm. what you can earn money at. Like it's similar to oh, that principle. I think I have seen something about that book. Yeah, um, because it's like once you, and again, it's so easy for me to say like, sound like such a dick saying this probably is like once you make a bit of money you realize that money doesn't like a level of money is really great to have but like i think if everyone can work hard and put themselves in a position to earn a bit of money so they have that safety net that that's really important but past that it's like fuck, i'm not going to be happier chasing money i want to chase 
fulfillment. I want to wake up every day. I'd rather earn half the money waking up every day doing something that I'm not, I'm, I don't enjoy the, the end goal. I enjoy the process of doing. Mm. Whether I make it or not, I enjoy doing this every single day. Yeah. Make that your business. Make that your life path. Don't try and do what I did necessarily, even though I'm, I'm really happy. But like I, I just thought of a business that we, we like what's something that's a good opportunity, a, 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 a good gap in the market. But now if I was going to start again, knowing what I know, I'd be like, what are Dylan Mullen's passions and what do I really enjoy most? And then I'll make a business around that. So mm. yeah, that's why I want to start to build my life. Yeah. Really good to keep in mind. Yeah. yeah that's so, good. so nice. Um, speaking of, do you have any goals that we should know about or anything in the pipeline? Um, yeah. Yeah. I do have another, I have another business that will launch in the next few months, similar space to Happy Skin Co under a different name. Um, but that, that's something that's part of like my professional life. I don't think that's really attached to my purpose. Another thing that I've been working on the last, um, the last probably couple of months as well. I have a podcast coming very soon. We started when I actually have my, that today, but I didn't want to, I've got the roadcast there as well. I'm like, let you guys do the work on this one. I'm <laughs> so, so yeah, like really connecting with myself and like, I'm going to do a lot more speaking in podcast form and, and, and events when the world opens back up again yeah. and just spending more time working in my passions. Do you know, no, like, I really want to go deep on this because I, I love this. I talk about this shit for free every single day. Business is a bonus. You know what I mean? Business pays the bills and, and lets me live this life. But at a certain point, it's like my life is going to start shifting slowly. Like business will always be a part of what I do. It's a great vehicle to, to give me the things I need to have the freedom to do this stuff. But right now, business is like here and like, okay, all this stuff about personal growth and conversations is here. It's going to start to, to eventually shift until – that's where I spend a lot of my time and I have businesses that I'm involved in, whether I own a full business or a certain percentage and I can go in, like I said, spend a couple of days, work on things new, talk about the plan and let the people that are way better at operating businesses operate the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's still a journey. I'm still on the journey of figuring out who I am, what my purpose is, what I enjoy doing and then figuring that out and then putting the, the steps in place to, to make that my reality. So interesting. Thank you so much for sharing all that. That's all right. Um, anyone who's been listening to the show would know we love a game of Would You Rather. <laughs> and so we're going to hit you with some questions now. Uh, question number one. Would you rather never use influencers or never use Facebook ads again? Um, never. Well, I'm a bit uh, – one word answer, I would never use influencers. Uh, we just interviewed Matilda from Stax, uh, mm. the activewear company, and she said the same thing. She was like, yeah. Facebook ads are pretty good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay. Well, like if you, yeah, influencers, they're not what they used to be. In terms yeah, of I've definitely, um, definitely learned that. I, my background is in influencer marketing. So it's, yeah, 100% not what it used to be. The market's very well, saturated. It, 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 it might correct, but now it's like an influence you to pay them $3,000. I'm like, you're not going to return me that. I'm going to pay you that. Yeah, exactly. I think the market might correct, but also now like all the brands like us, the one brand that you work for, and like we took advantage of this. We had this as core to our – now we still work with influencers more as a brand space and to connect, connect with the community. But now I think the money is going to start to come in finally with like the Colgates and like those big companies. Oh, it's five years later, influencer marketing. So I think they'll get a bit of money out of them. But very soon, like, I think when we work with influencers, we want to be working with creators 
and people that aren't just looking pretty and totally you know, they've got you know, more of a like message people, to spread exactly yeah so but but answer facebook ads i would keep next question would you rather win 25k for yourself or mm. win your best friend win 100k Oh, easy! My best friend went 100k. Ah, uh, you're too nice. Can we be mates? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah We're besties now, technically, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, number three, Dylan. Would you rather be alone all your life or surrounded by really annoying people? Oh, alone for sure. Oh, for sure alone. I mean, wow, really? We- like, I'm an extrovert, but people that annoy me, I just can't. I don't have the patience. I can't do it, and I love. As much as an extrovert as I am, I really like like people are like, oh, how are you doing lockdown? Like, bro, I'm fine. I'm so good. I'm like, I'm loving this. <laughs> when we were discussing these questions, we actually, I think Amelia, you said it's kind of the same thing, like being alone, yeah, or, or surrounded by annoying people. It's yeah. equally as lonely. <laughs> Literally, oh my god! Yeah. And then you have to deal with the annoying people. Like that's more energy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question number four. Would you rather buy all used underwear or all used toothbrushes? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I do that all the time. <laughs> I'd probably just buy all used underwear and just not wear underwear. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. No, you have to no, wear yeah, underwear. Yeah, I can wash them and it's, and it's, it's weird, <laughs> but like it's so You could sew so little patches into it. Oh, oh yeah. Like patches. <laughs> Lara's uh, really thought about yeah, her yeah, answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, uh, just really uh, ethical. All right. Would you rather sleep in a dog house or let stray dogs sleep in your bed? Um, so let dogs oh, – uh, like, is this every night? Or is um, this like a one-off? Yes. Yeah, every, every night. night. <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd probably, like, I love dogs, but I wouldn't want to be in my bed every night, but it's, it's better, yeah, I'd, I'd let dogs sleep in the bed. Things that you probably dogs. never thought about before. Oh, yeah, these are, these are great. These are the Not real questions of the world. Yeah. Okay, would you rather people know all your details of your finances or all your details of your love life? Oh, definitely finances. Ah, uh, 100%, yeah. Really? Actually, wait, that surprises me. Because I think I would choose love life. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I reckon finances. I, I'd go finances too. Yeah. Life. Yeah, yeah, true. Same. <laughs> there are just some <laughs> things better left unsaid. Yeah, yeah. I don't, we, don't, we don't need all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Are we up to you or me? I don't know. Clara's <laughs> had one too many mugs. One margarita and I'm like, woo. Um, would you rather end every phone call every phone call with i love you or never be able to say no to anyone oh easy end every phone call with i love you that's easy (laughs) even business meetings yeah well but still better than the other one I, I can make it work. It's all in the intonation. You can make it so True. Just say it really quiet. Because you're like, I love you when you say that. Yeah, <laughs> when you no, speak like yeah, that. When you pitch that idea to me, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. All right. And the lucky last one. Would you rather have to wear stilettos to sleep or have to wear slippers everywhere you go? <laughs> Oh, 
That's really weird. Um, well, I'd have to. That's so weird. Um, I'd have to do the stilettos one when I sleep because uh, I do too many things that I can't. Going for a run in your slippers? Go for a run, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to like. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, that's a pretty weird one. But, yeah. At least stilettos, like I don't know. I guess it depends who's sleeping next to you in the bed, it's but not like, many what people. About when, like, you, like someone sleeps with you for the first time. You and your stray dogs, your stray dogs in your bed and your stilettos. And my used underwear. Uh, yeah. Oh. So good. Oh, I can't. So funny. Oh, All right. God. Well, that wraps up our Would You Rathers. Thank you so much for joining us. For everyone that's listening, where can they find you? Um, I'm just, I'm everywhere. Um, if you, you can just Dylan Mullen and you'll find me and happy skin code, just happy skin code everywhere. no funny business. So yeah, if anyone has any questions, um, feel free to get in touch about business, life, whatever, hit me up. I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy. Perfect. Cool. Thank you so much, Dylan. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me on the big birthday episode. So go enjoy your night while <laughs> I, I'm going to go for a run and then come back in my five kilometre zone. <laughs> oh, the wholesome one and they're not so wholesome too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's chat. If you loved what we had to say, hit subscribe, leave us a review and find us on Instagram at some would say podcast. Talk then.